in a series, we're continuing a series called A Promise is a Promise. Um, it's on covenant relationships. And let me just say this. This is the, the idea of covenant relationships. It is a perfect Sunday to do this with Mother's Day. Um, you know, sometimes you don't feel like, thank you so much, Will. Sometimes you don't, that's why I didn't have it, because it wasn't up there. Um, <clears throat> Um, you know, moms, moms are awesome. Uh, you know, they, they're always saying things and moms, I know sometimes you feel like you're not heard and you repeat yourself over and over and over and over. Sometimes Tiff, uh, in our house has been like, I'm tired of nobody listening to me. And none of you have ever done that. Just her, but but I promise you, ladies, I promise you, moms, they are listening. I, I remember stuff, you know, that, that my mom said to me growing up. One of the most uh, the things that left the biggest impression to me is one time my older brother and I were just kind of, you know, yapping at each other. You know what I'm talking about? Like just, man, 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 just going back and forth. And I had a smart thing to say for what the other person said. And just just arguing and fighting and bickering. And, and, uh, and mom had told us uh, to stop. And we were like, okay, when I'm done, I'll stop, right? Like, I'm not quite yet done with this. And uh, she told us to stop, told us to stop, told us to stop. And finally, right in the middle of us just going for it, she walked up to the front door. She opened it, and she said, okay, devil, come on in. They're not going to stop arguing. And we were like, ah, don't let Satan in, Mom. (laughs) But that left an impression because that's what scripture says. It says where there's backbiting and envy, there's confusion and evil of every kind. And so, you know, that, so moms, I want to encourage you that they are listening, especially if you open the door for the devil to come in. (laughs) But we're continuing this promise is a promise um, series this morning. You know, we, we've learned a couple of things uh, last week. Now, I, I just, you know, if you didn't get, didn't hear last week's message, I really want you to because the, the today's message and next week's message will really only make sense with that as your foundation. We defined what covenants were. Uh, we talked about the, the fact that God uses covenants to govern his relationships with humanity. So there are these covenants, these, these things that, that that, um, that govern how he interacts with us. And if you need to know what God is going to do or wants to do in your life, you need to look at the covenant because that's what determines what he's going to do. His promises are found in them. Uh, and so it's just really important. Now, last week we learned that a covenant is a binding, mutually accepted agreement that manages the relationship between individuals or groups. This is not just a God-to-man thing. We see covenants all throughout uh, ancient history and the, the Near East area. Covenants were constantly being cut between people. It was a huge, bloody mess. We learned about how those covenants worked. Um, we learned that there, in the scripture, there are two main covenants between God and man that, that pertain to our salvation, the old covenant and the new covenant. And we saw in scripture that the old covenant is actually, according to Hebrews 8.13, it's obsolete. It's not working. It's not functional anymore. The new covenant is the covenant that all of humanity is under when it comes to our interaction with God. We also learned that you can't mix covenants. You can't take what's in the old covenant when God said, I'm going to do this, and, and apply it or mix it with the new covenant. Okay, Now, it's the same God, so of course there's going to be some overlap, but you've got to come to God through this new covenant. Okay, It's a new covenant. 
I want to build on that real quick. And I want to let you see the big picture between these covenants. And I want you to see this, okay? The old covenant was designed to bring about behavior change. The old covenant, that's why there's so many laws. There are over 600 laws in the Old Testament that are trying to get you to act a certain way. And that was the point. That was the desire. That was the design behind the old covenant was to, was to bring about behavior change in the life of the people. But the new covenant is different. It's designed to bring about personal relationship. Now, that personal relationship will lead to behavior change. But behavior change isn't the point of the covenant. Behavior change is the byproduct of the covenant. And that's why you can't mix the two. Because they have to, they're different types of covenants altogether, and, and they have different purposes altogether. Hebrews eight ten through thirteen uh, again talks about this, and he's actually quoting. And we talked about this last week, Jeremiah chapter thirty one, where the prophet Jeremiah warns people and says, "Look, a new covenant is coming." So let's just look at that in Hebrews eight ten through thirteen. I'm going to read it to you. It says, this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Isn't that interesting? It says, this is the new covenant. He goes, I'm going to put my laws. What I want you, your behavior is going to come from inside out. I'm going to put it in their hearts and on their minds. It's, it's not going to be written down anymore. It's going to be written on your hearts. It's going to be, you can only know God's will for your life by being in relationship with him. No longer is that law coming from what was written on stone tablets. No one could follow that law. It simply proved to us that we were condemned and that we were totally unable to do what was written and instructed for us. So instead, God said, okay, move that away. Now come into relationship with me and I will walk through you and show you. Uh, I will walk with you and show you how to live. Now, this is evidence. Now, we, we learned last week that blood has a lot to do with covenants. It was, like I said, it was a bloody mess. They would cut animals in half and walk through it, which is really freaky. I don't recommend that. But it's interesting what they did with the blood. I just want to show you this to show the difference between the old and the new covenants. In the old covenant, the blood was sprinkled on the people. It looked like a horror movie or something. So Moses took the blood from all these sacrifices, and he literally sprinkled it and flung it on the people. And the blood it was like, it just got on them. Okay, and, and that was the blood of the covenant. That was, that was them receiving the blood of the covenant. You can read about that in Exodus 24.8. But in the new covenant, Jesus, at the Lord's Supper, he took a cup of wine. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. What did they do with that? They consumed it. It went on the inside. So in the old covenant, the blood was on the outside. But in the new covenant, the blood is on the inside. Because it's all about relationship. It's all about change from the inside out, not the outside in. Okay? So that's amazing. That's amazing. And so we want to walk, since the new covenant is about relationship, 
then you should ask yourself this question. What, what, what is the key to relationship in the, new, in the new covenant? And it's found in a word I want to introduce to you this morning. The key to covenant relationship is found in the Hebrew word chesed. Chesed, not he said, she said. Chesed. It's actually spelled in Hebrew, C-H. Chesed. And if you want to say it right, you need to act like there's a piece of popcorn in the back of your throat that you're trying to get out. You know, chesed. Okay? I will allow chesed without the you know, if that that needs to happen for you. Hear people practicing. But it's called hesed, okay? Hesed. Uh, It's a covenant word. Now, now check this out. It's mentioned 248 times in the Old Testament. But it's really hard to define outside of the Hebrew language. As a matter of fact, you're going to find compound words. It takes multiple words to describe what hesed is. Here are some of the ways that it's translated. It's translated unfailing love, steadfast love, Faithful love, constant love, gracious love, loyal love, loving kindness, mercy, goodness, and favor. It's a lot of words to describe one word. It is so deep with meaning. Hesed is. And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about is what this word means. Now, I, this week, I went back and I looked at all the different ways that, that Scripture uh, defines this word and translates it in our Bibles. I, I looked at different word studies and lexicons and Bible dictionaries. And so I've come up with, I would like to present this definition of the word hesed. Okay, now, um, it, it'll be up on the screen. Also, if you've got our app, uh, the, the sermon notes are in the app and it's in there as well. Okay, but here's the definition. Hesed is the dependable and enthusiastic commitment, kindness, and support received by someone in covenant with someone else. Okay? So let's just kind of break this down. First of all, hesed is is this relationship word. It's dependable. It's dependable. It's reliable. You can count on it. How many times have we had dealings with people in our lives, and you're like, that guy's just not dependable. I, I like to be able to count on this relationship, but I can't count on this relationship. Hesed is dependable. It's dependable. It's reliable. Okay? It's also enthusiastic. It's enthusiastic. It, it wants to be involved. It's not reluctant. Have you ever had someone help you and the, you, you just knew they really didn't want to be there helping you? That would be me if you asked me to help you move. I might do it, but I won't be happy about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all been there, right? And where we, we, I'm going to do the right thing. It's just like when I tell my kids like to clean up their room. Like They'll clean it up, but they're like, I don't want to do this. And they end up doing the right thing, but it's not with the right attitude. But Hesed has the right attitude. It, it wants to. It's enthusiastic. Yeah, I'd love to help. All right, it's enthusiastic. So it's, it's dependable and enthusiastic, but it's three things. You're going to find, and if any one of these three things is missing, it's not hesed. 
Okay, it's something else. The first one is commitment, the idea of commitment. This is an idea, I almost use the word devotion here. It's the idea of being totally, wholly dedicated, devoted, and loyal to someone or something. Okay, it's commitment. No matter what's going on, if something better comes up, you don't deal with that. You deal with what you committed to, right? That's what hesed is like. It's I am committed to you no matter what. We see this in our wedding vows. A wedding is a covenant. We say for better or for worse. Come what may, right? And for many of us, it's like what's been for worse for a while. I'm ready for it to be for better, but you still stand strong because it's that commitment, right? That's hesed. But it's not only commitment, because commitment's wonderful, but that's not all that hesed is. It's also kindness, kindness, being gentle, being compassionate, being merciful. That's what hesed is. It's, it's not just, I'm committed to you, mad face. It's, I'm committed to you. And when you mess up and when you don't deserve it, I'm not going to lord it over you. And I'm not going to keep reminding you of your past. And I'm not going to, no, no, I'm going to be kind and merciful to you. It has nothing to do with whether or not you deserve it. It's still kindness and mercy towards you. But it's not just commitment and it's not just kindness. Because those things are great, but those things could be done at a distance. Those things can be passive. You can look from a, a, you know, a ways off in the distance and, and be kind and be committed. But it's also support. Hesed is support. It's activity. It's where you do something. It's strength. It's assistance. It's help. Hesed is where you can count on someone not just to say the right thing, but to do the right thing. Because it's active. And again, these three things, it's dependable, it's enthusiastic, it's commitment, kindness, and support. But it's all wrapped up within the context and framework of a covenant. The way that you get hesed is through covenant, being in covenant with someone. Let me show you this scripture let me show you this word in scripture some, okay? So let's look at a couple of scriptures. First of all, uh, Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. It says this. This is the English Standard Version, ESV. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Steadfast love is hesed, okay? They translate it steadfast love here. The steadfast love, the hesed of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? We used to sing that when I was a kid, the church we went to. I'm not going to sing it for you. Oh, I'm going to rap it. No. Freestyle. No, it's a steadfast love. It's, 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 uh, it's that hesed. It's, it's faithful. It's new. I love it's new every morning. You've heard that before, that the grace of God, the mercies of God are new every morning. Well, it's not the mercies of God that are new. It's the hesed. It's every day available for you no matter what happened yesterday. Isn't that amazing? It's kind of hard to wrap our mind around that because it's, we don't see those kind of relationships, do we? Here's another scripture, Psalm 145.8. I love this uh, scripture. It, it really defines the heart of God. It says, The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, 
slow to anger and great in mercy. The word mercy here is hesed. He is great in hesed. That covenant bond, that covenant love, that covenant faithfulness and mercy, that willingness to assist you. He is great in that. He didn't just have a little bit of it towards you. Okay, I'll take a little bit of that. No, 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 no. It's a lot. He is great. He's got more than enough. If he gives his hesed to one person, it doesn't mean that he has less to give you. He's great in hesed. He's great. This is who he is. Isaiah 54.10, I love this. It talks about his faithfulness. It says, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness, okay, my kindness, that's the word hesed. It's translated kindness here in the New King James. But my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant, again, see, this is all about covenant, my covenant of peace, that word is shalom, you've heard that before, nor shall my covenant of shalom, my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Guys, this is the relationship you've always wanted. This is the relationship that you've based all your other relationships off of. When you, when you were in a relationship, a romantic relationship with someone, and your heart was broken, it was because you knew deep inside this is what you needed. And that person wasn't able to give it to you. If, if, if you grew up in a family situation and you weren't treated correctly, it's because written on your heart were the terms of the new covenant, and it was hesed. And you knew deep down inside that it was what you really wanted, what you really needed. But we are unable to give it to each other because of our sin nature and our brokenness. Some do better than others. But in the end, this is a God kind of love that's unlike anything else we've ever experienced. It's the hesed of God. In light of this, this kind of love, this kind of commitment, this furious love, this passion, this reckless love... It's something that demands a response. It demands a response. And so we have to ask ourselves, what is our response to God's hesed? What's the appropriate response? What should we do? Knowing that the Father in heaven feels this way about us, so much so that he cut covenants, one in the Old Testament, and then he said, no, 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 that's not good enough. There's going to be another one in the New Testament where there's going to be not just behavior change, but there's going to be personal, intimate relationship. In light of that, how do, what do we do with a love like this? Let me give you two suggestions. The first thing we do is that we love God back. We love him back. Psalm 63, verse 3, says that because your loving kindness, that word hesed, that's the word hesed, because your hesed, your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. There should be an attitude of worship that comes out of the revelation of hesed in your life. There, there, should, be, there, should, be, um, there should be a response that bubbles up from within when you're like, oh my gosh, God is so good, loves me so much, is committed in this way. I'm going to worship him. You know, you could read this verse. It says, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. You could also just reverse it. My lips shall praise you. Why? Because it's Sunday morning. My lips shall praise you. Why? Because I really like this song. 
My lips shall praise you. Why? Because everything's going right in my life right now? Mm -mm. My lips shall praise you. Why? Because your loving kindness, your hesed, is better than life. I love that. It's better than life. It sounds like a teenage girl talking about Starbucks. Oh, my gosh. This triple soy latte is better than life. <laughs> it's, it's like the height of it's literally better. Literally. I can't even. I love it. I love it. I mean, David's like searching for the words to describe how amazing he's like, it's better than breathing. In other words, what's the point of life if you don't understand Hesed? First John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. It's a response. Look, I love your worship. This church sings. I love it. Like, like it's so cool. People remark to me all the time. Yeah, you know, I came to Friday Night Fire or I came to, you know, Sunday morning service and we were singing a song and everyone was singing. Like, that should be a surprise. But y'all sing. And I love it because I, I feel like it's because you understand that this is a response to the goodness of God. You know, we don't love God because it's like, you better love God or you're going to go to hell. Right? That's what, the way a lot of us were brought up. You know, okay, I'm going to be forced to love you. No, no, no. You don't have to be forced when you understand Hesed. When you understand how good he is, how deep his love for you is, his commitment. It's unwavering. You're like, I have no problem worshiping this God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try to search of ways to worship him more. Because I'm responding to his great love for me. So that's the first thing we do, is that we love God. It should just be the natural progression of what happens. We love God. Here's the next thing I would suggest is our appropriate response to God's hesed in our lives is that we love people. We love people. God's hesed towards you should free you up to be able to love people in that way. Because no longer are you waiting on their affection, on their reciprocation, On them to do the right thing in order for you to love them. No, no, no. You're responding to God's affection, God's hesed, God's commitment, God's enthusiasm for your well-being. You're responding to that and giving that to others whether or not they do it or not. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is, he's he's washing their feet. This is before the, it all goes down. Some of the last things that he says to them. He says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How should we love one another? In the way that he has loved us. How has he loved us? With hesed. Unwavering devotion and commitment. Actively purposefully, intentionally being good, merciful, and kind to us, even when we don't deserve it. That's how he is asking us to love others. That's hard, isn't it? It is hard. But you can do that through his power. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I'll tell you what, you know why the world's not saved? You know why the world hadn't received Jesus? It's not because we haven't taught the right doctrine. It's not because we don't have good songs to sing. It's not because we don't have good buildings to meet in. 
It's none of that. It's because we haven't learned how to love each other yet. And the moment we learn how to love each other and to take what we've been given, the headset of God, and then to present it to others, they'll come to Jesus like that. We won't close your eyes and you don't have to browbeat people. You don't have to beg them to receive this kind of love. It's what they've wanted their entire life. The problem is in our demonstration of it. So, we've, so we love people out of this. Let me, let me read this scripture to you. It's Romans 13, 8 through 10. It says this, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Now he's talking about the Old Testament law. He's saying, okay, the law that God gave us in the Old Testament, it was good. It was right. Good commandments, right? Don't murder. That's good. Don't murder, okay? But here's the problem. You cannot murder and not know God. Think about it. There are all kinds of people who've never murdered, but never murdered someone, but they don't know Jesus. There's no relationship there. That didn't help them. So he says this. Love your neighbor and you'll fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say, you're familiar with these. Here we go. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. The commandments represent God's law in the Old Testament in the New Testament, a relationship with Jesus, obeying him and, and taking his hesed he's given to you and giving it to others, that is now the fulfillment of the law. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. Is we're called to love God and love people. Now, you've probably heard that before. But it makes a whole lot more sense now within the context of this Hebrew word, hesed. Because now, it's not a problem. What if I love someone and they don't love me back? I got hesed, man. What if I do it wrong and, and I mess up and, and, and I don't get it right? Hey, you've got hesed. What, what if I embarrass myself and what if I don't really know everything there is to know about Christianity and I say, hey, Jesus loves you and it's awkward and, and I don't do it right? Hey, you've got hesed. If you can wrap your mind around how much God is faithful, loving, merciful, and devoted to you, you wouldn't be afraid of anything anymore. You wouldn't be afraid of a single thing because his perfect love casts out fear. And that's my question to you this morning, is how are you responding to God's hesed? Because how much you respond to his hesed, his advances towards you, is how much you love him and is how much you love others. And maybe there's still areas of your heart where it's like, I just can't, man, I can't, you know, I'm still, I I don't think I can walk inside that church building because, you know, they don't know what all I've done. Hesed, hesed, hesed. Well, there are people in that church building that they worship, I, I might need to find another church building. Because there are people in there that haven't done right, and I'm not so sure that, you know, that, that I can be seen with hesed. Come on. It just obliterates all division. It, it obliterates all fear when you understand who you are to God. This isn't humanism. This isn't propping man up beyond. This is scripture. This is, what he, this is simply believing what he said for us to believe. 
Amen? Let's stand for prayer. If you will, close your eyes. Let's take a moment. I always like for us to respond. Focus on Jesus for just a second. And then in your own words, between you and him, ask him. Say, how am I responding to your hesed, your covenant love, your faithful love, your loving kindness? How am I responding to your steadfast love, your mercy, your goodness, your loyalty, your constant faithful love in my life? How am I responding to that? Come on, be honest. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you will, just lift your hands to the Lord. Just I like getting in a receiving position like this with my hands open, just as a way to tell my brain and tell my body that, hey, I'm talking to God now. I'm receiving from him. If you will, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I understand your hesed now. And so I choose to believe it, to walk in it to receive it. May everything I do be done with the understanding that your covenant love is unbelievable towards me. You are faithful, devoted, committed, merciful, and good to me. Because of this, I love you. And I can love others. Not because I have to, but because I want to. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Steph, come close us.